friends. It is Wednesday, June 23rd, and this week I spoke with Buddhist author Von Galt. If you are someone like me who has had some exposure to Buddhism, maybe some personal experience with Buddhism, and found that it resonated with you, but you wanted to dig a little deeper into it, you will really enjoy this conversation and and Von's work. Uh, You know, I've, I've mentioned it before that, you know, growing up, I remember there was always this debate about whether Buddhism was a religion or a philosophy, or is it simply rules to just help you live a better life? And oddly, the time that I spent practicing Buddhism when I was younger really did not answer that question for me. And while I walked away with some good basic practices, I didn't start to explore this higher level understanding of Buddhism until I found Vaughn's work last year. After reading her books and and getting to talk to her personally about these really advanced Buddhist practices, um, it it makes me think that, that Buddhism just doesn't fit neatly into any one category and doesn't need to fit neatly into any one category. It's really about how you choose to use and interact with these teachings and practices. Vaughn explains in the books and in our conversation that you're about to listen to about how you can actually use the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, and Buddhist mandalas to change the way you experience life and to shift your reality. You can check her out on her website, MerkabaChakras.com, M-E-R-K-A-B-A Chakras.com, and find out more about her work and her offerings there. But for now, please enjoy Buddhist author Von Galt. It feels great, and, and that's why, you know as I started thinking about the type of people I wanted to have on the show, mm-hmm. I somehow stumbled upon your work uh, mm-hmm. sometime last year. I can't even remember how I stumbled upon your work. Like maybe I was looking up some sacred geometry stuff. Cause that's mm-hmm. you know something yeah. that I'm into, but uh, you know, I, I bought your, your first book, the, you know, Buddhist guide to manifest parallel realities. And it, oh, okay. it, blew, it blew my mind because you know, I had some, you know, experiences with Buddhism. I There's a, a Buddhist temple um, that's not super far mm. from where uh, I grew up that I had been to a few times. And I uh, hung out with a secular Buddhist group, um, you know, in my early 20s. But this was so completely different from anything I had ever This is <laughs> advanced stuff. This is yes. advanced stuff that you're not going to get because most of the well, I, we are recording. We might as well just bring this yeah. into the conversation. But sure. yeah, uh, we, we can get to that. But you can ask me those that too. Why is it so far different from what most people know of Buddhism? Yeah. Why is it so yeah. far advanced? Yeah. I mean, so. it, it's it. That's what struck me is that, you know, you you spent the time, uh, you know, laying the foundation, but then you went to this level that, you know, all of the Buddhist teachers that I had spent time with over the years had never gone to which you know you're right I do want to back up just a bit Vaughn before we get into the advanced stuff and I just I want to talk about first just who you are and your life and I know you grew up with Buddhist beliefs around you but like what did that look like for you as a as a child okay well yeah so I am um I'm Laotian 
I'm from Laos. My family is from Laos, and uh, we immigrated to the United States um, in 84. So I was about, oh, maybe three, four years old at the time. But anyways, um, in Southeast Asian culture, um, the, the philosophy is Buddhism. It's just the normal philosophy. So I was born and raised in it. I'm very used to it. Um, and my family um, actually supports and helps fund construction of various Buddhist monasteries and temples and their artwork um, to rehabilitate the artwork in these different monasteries in Laos. So I'm very, very familiar with um, Buddhism. However, what, what is different from many people who is raised and in the Buddhist tradition is that um, instead of sitting there at temple and listening to whatever's being discussed, which is oftentimes a lot of the monks and nuns would talk about the basics of Buddhism, which many people are familiar with, mindfulness, meditation, be good to each other, you know, the sure. basic stuff that yeah. you can get in almost any philosophy. Um, the basic wellness stuff. I kind of got bored of that. And so what I typically did, because I fidget a lot and I don't sit still, um, is I would get up and start wandering um, the monastery. And I would play in the ponds with the lotus flowers and the ducks and you know pick the fruit. And, and then I just meander um, and I would study the artwork because what is synonymous in many Buddhist monasteries and temples, just like Hindu monasteries and temples is art. And it's just mm -hmm. littered with art everywhere. Um, and all the art has the teachings in it, but people don't know that. And so mm -hmm. I would look at the teachings and I would crack open all the old books. Nobody ever goes in and I, you know, not really interested in reading the content, but I love the beautiful artwork. And I love the artwork of Tara, the master teacher Tara, and the master teacher and Bodhisattva Kuan Yin, and mm -hmm. then you have Buddha, and then you have Bodhisattva, and then you have all these teachers, and there's something similar in all of them. They all have um, two halos in the artwork. Mm -hmm. They have a halo around the head and a huge halo around their body. It's like a, and they these halos consistently look like they vibrate. Sure, and um sometimes they would have sacred geometry or mandalas mandalas mm -hmm. patterns behind them and um and then they would have fantastic six senses it looked like they were from you know the x-men or avid or um you know the avengers or anything mm -hmm. so it was just wonderful and i just love that and um and so it's a little bit sci-fi but I asked the monks and the nuns because it's not a normal kid walking around sitting there studying for hours, <laughs> the artwork, um, wondering what's this mean? And what's that mean? And what's this mean? And the student monks or nuns would say, well, um, that's a teacher, that's their energy field. And what does the energy field do? Um, it's gonna sound fantastic, but it puts them into a different reality that matches their frequency. It's like, what does that mean? So I was asking all these questions. And so I knew all this, but it was fantastic stories. So um, it sounds like the, the, the teachings that they were giving you because you were asking questions, were those similar to the teachings that, you know, any other lay person would get by just kind of spending time in the temple? No, 
Wow. So you got firsthand, you got this higher level knowledge just because you were curious. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. And the thing is, is that in many philosophies, because I've gone to like growing up in America, I've gone to, you know, different religious churches with my friends and so forth. And I ask, well, why is this person walking on water? Why is this mm-hmm. person able to levitate? Well, this person has the same artwork as in um, the Buddhist mandalas in, in, in my t- temple or monastery where they have the two halos. And what does that mean? Never got answers. But I always mm-hmm. got consistent answers in any of the Laotian or Buddhist temples or Thai temples that we went to. But they never told me how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I... I knew what the images represented and I knew the concept, but I didn't fully understand how, because they couldn't fully explain how they just basically said, if you listen to the basic teachings that will help you apply the four noble truths and eightfold paths and the basic teachings, then you can apply that in your life. Um, And when you apply it in your life, you will create your reality. Sounds simple. Simple enough. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, as we find out when we grow up, we have a fantastic job of making life more difficult for ourselves. Well, of course, we always get in our own way. <laughs> yes. And we have a wonderful job of finding ways to um, create dense issues that hold down our energy field, that hold down our um, our life force, our frequency, our prana, or whatever you want to call it, um, our chi, we, you know, all these issues that we don't heal keep holding down our frequency. And so all Buddhism is, is to look at the things that happen in your life, assess it with the Four Noble Truths, Eightfold Path, and, and, and other ways and other tools that that different teachers have brought into the canon to help you assess your life um, so that you learn and you grow and you heal from things that are holding down your frequency and that you learn how to be a more conscious observer of reality and a more conscious creator of your own reality Mm -hmm. um, in a more appropriate manner so that you create your next best experience. And by learning how to be a conscious an observant participant of the holographic reality or life that we're living in, you change your frequency and you do change your reality. You shift mm-hmm. from one version of reality to another. Mm-hmm. It sounds simple, but then when you start doing it, you will start what people commonly say is Mandela effects. Yes. They will have their personal Mandela effects where people in their lives seem like different versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. Elements in your reality are different from what you experienced and engaged with yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are like personal Mandela effects. Then you have the the fun ones that, um, that, that remind you that your consciousness is shifting from different versions of reality. Like, you know, did Nelson Mandela die in prison or did he become the president of South Africa and die mm-hmm. a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, did, um, was it the Berenstain or was it the Berenstain Bears? You right, know, all, right. all of these other ones, those are the fun ones. 
but the what blows people's minds most are the ones where they have their personal Mandela effects where family history changes. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so this, that's just yeah. a, a light thing. And so when you understand that, then you then you can look at the Buddhist artwork, which um, the both the Buddhist mandalas books um, have the normal artwork that you see in all Buddhist temples and Hindu temples. Um, when you look at that and you understand, then you know the teachings are already there, right in front of you the whole time. Well, you know, you know what's interesting as you're explaining all of this, and I mentioned briefly a few minutes ago that I spent some time in that one Buddhist temple that's near me, but also with secular Buddhist groups. And it almost feels like there's this natural, just metaphysical understanding that is within Buddhism that's almost been stripped away in the West. You know, when people learn about Buddhism, you know, in America, in the West, it's almost like it's just about meditation. It's just about clearing your mind. It's just about living a good life. It's almost removed all this, this beautiful metaphysical um, practice that you're talking about. Have you found that people are surprised to find this deep spiritual metaphysical side to Buddhism? Yeah, it completely blows in mind because then they realize that they actually have dominion over reality. Wow. Okay. Wow. And they don't want to they don't want to accept that reality is more fluid than they thought and that a lot of it is a reflection of their own consciousness that they are not the victim of reality but the creator of reality. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just having as you go further into this awakening and leveling up your frequency, ascension is just raising up your frequency. Um ascending your energetic frequency um but as that you go further into this experience i mean there really is no like quote quote enlightenment it's just it's just how do you want to create your reality how do you want to experience some sorrow some sorrow is another word for reality um or you know this whole experience that we're having so what what trips people out mostly when they get into the advanced buddhism is the Mandela effects mm -hmm. is the firsthand experience, the firsthand undeniable experience that they are living in another reality from one that they previously experienced that has a different history than they first experienced. Mm -hmm. That Can has you give different an environments. Yeah, actually. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So actually, so I was actually um, in a couple hours, I was interviewed by, uh, I did a book interview with um, Raised by Giants with Ryder mm -hmm. Lee. And he went through the work and he was trying to figure out his Mandela effects, whereby he's been driving the same uh, road for work for years. He knows this road on I-5, on the interstate. And one day he was going down a hill and he was with people in the car and he was thinking, there's no hill on this road. I drive this road every day for years. It's a flat road. Why are we going down a hill? Why do I, when I look to my right side, where usually it's just land, do I see ocean on the mm. same strip of freeway that I've been driving for years growing up? And he had this experience and it really kind of uh, freaked him out. And then he 
thought about it a little bit more, and as he progressed in his drive, all of a sudden, the landscape turned back to what it was previously that he remembers it. So oh he had God. he had shifted in his drive between two different realities. Okay, wow. I had another interview with um, uh, two gentlemen. Uh, the the name of the the podcast um, beside, is beside me, but it's on my my YouTube channel. But anyways, um, one of the hosts he read Buddhist mandalas, and he thought he thought, well, this is this is an interesting twist to Buddhism. Advanced Buddhism. What's advanced Buddhism? So he read some of the books, and um, he is born with green eyes and he's always had green eyes and afterwards as he started entering this space of awakening and ascension and getting further into um understanding that he has dominion over reality and he's the creator of reality um his eyes changed to brown and they've been that way for almost a year wow so you know i feel like uh just the concept of parallel realities to somebody who maybe doesn't understand ascension or isn't at you know the level to understand advanced buddhism how would you describe what a parallel reality is to that person well every moment is a parallel reality the only thing is is that's different is the consciousness in which you reside in so the consciousness so basically um, there's there's two known um, factors in buddhism one and I proved this very well using scientific information that I gathered over the last 20 years because about 20 years ago, um, the Dalai Lama and many prominent monks and nuns started an initiative to work with academia to study the effects of mindfulness, meditation, etc. And from that research um, and that brain and heart research, they end up, end up finding out a lot of the metaphysical understanding is actually true and it clarified a lot of gaps in the in the tradition and philosophy as well that you know we have lost over the last almost 2600 years so it was like well this teacher wrote this book about this and there's some fuzziness that we don't understand about that so all the scientific research um filled in and gave us an understanding for how this all works so basically it's this um one, everyone is energy. That's all you are is you're just energy. Your body, the more you go into your body and you look at your cells, it goes in more empty space. You go into your uh, DNA, goes into more empty space. It's just, it's empty space. Mm -hmm. And what is holding the empty space into a form is the frequency of the energy. Okay, so everything including your body is energy it's just oscillating at a certain frequency to keep that shape that's all it is mm -hmm. so when you understand you are energy and the energy has is a sentient being that has a consciousness that is connected to everyone and to source itself god or source or consciousness or allah whatever you want to call it itself is you and everyone else everything in samsara in creation is a fractal expression of source consciousness mm. experiencing different aspects of its creations firsthand but mm. however it's not going to tell you what to do or how to do it because there will be no point in you be existing so um it sits there and it enjoys and it may 
you know, um, engage with you if you're if you're in this path. But anyways, the, the the basic thing is you are energy and that's what you are. And because you are energy and you're a conscious sentient being, what does a conscious sentient being do? They want to experience something. Mm. So you enter into a physical realm. You have a soul and now you have a physical realm and you have a body and you have this whole environment to, to engage with and so forth. These are this is the reality that you're projecting and that you are creating. And because you're projecting and you're creating this reality individually and also collectively, because it's more fun to play with other people and to create with other people, um, you, however you see reality, however you see something, that is what you're creating based off of. Mm. okay and that's so simple that's basically it so if you see everything as being negative and hellish and this sucks and that sucks that's what's going to be reflected back to you because that's what you're creating that's the energy that you energy being are sending out and so what's being created and projecting back for you is what you're sending out Mm. so simple Mm. The part that still kind of warps my mind, and I had to read this part in the first book over and over again, is when you're explaining, when you're interacting with other people and how when your reality changes, it's like you're interacting with a different version of that person. I, I swear, it's like every time I read this part over, I still can't understand how you could have two different people who are creating their reality but then interacting with each other and it's like you're meeting on the same plane i maybe you can help me understand how that works with two yeah different you're people. only you're going to get the version of someone who matches your frequency so let's let me give you an example to understand this so i work with um clients on their six senses and oftentimes they'll they'll come in um because they're trying to make sense of their own personal mandela effects mm-hmm. or reality shift um so i had a client who came in and he he's like i have a different mom and he's in his 40s and i said what's the what's that what happened and he said my mother is the same mother. She looks exactly the same. She's married to the same stepdad. However, the backstory is different. Mm. When he was in high school, he left living with his mom to go live with his father because he did not like the stepdad. He didn't want her to get married to him. Um, but she did in high school. That was 20 years ago. Um, but all of a sudden, he started working on himself, healing his issues with mm-hmm. his childhood and his mother and um as he was healing that he didn't think anything was going on so he let go of the box that he put his mother in and didn't think anything of it just moved on um, with his life one day he comes across his mom just like his normal conversation with his mom and um he finds out in the conversation that his mother he lived with his mother all through high school and he graduated high school and his mother didn't marry his stepdad until five years ago. Mm. So he talked to his father and his father said, oh, no, you don't know you. I raised you in high school. You, you left your mom because you got married to, you know, so and so and you stayed with me. And so 
now you have two people who have the same recollection, but the mother and the stepdad are going, we don't know what you guys are talking about. We just got married five years ago and wow. he lived with us. So you have people shifting realities and you're going to get the version of people that match your frequency. The mm. mom that he got in this reality did not have a lot of the anger and mm -hmm. the abuse and the fights and this, the negative history that the other mom in the former reality had. And because of that, she was a higher frequency version of his mom. When he worked on his dense issues that held down his frequency, which contributed from his upbringing with his mother and father, he healed the past in the present moment that he was dealing with at the time. And mm. by healing the past, he completely changed his relationship moving forward. And so now he, he got the higher version of his mom. And he's like, what do I do with this Vaughn? And I said, it's still your mom. You still love her, right? And he's like, As, he said, yes. And I said, well, now you've got a chance to get to know a version of your mom that didn't that didn't suffer so much. And that's mm. a gift. Mm. And the, re the reason why you get to enjoy a better relationship with the, your mother that didn't go through as much suffering, that is much healthier, that doesn't have a lot of the bipolarness and alcoholism and so forth that, that your version of your mom that you previously had known had is because you did the work on yourself. Mm. And when you did the work on yourself, um, you no longer need that that energy held in your your aura field mm. and so you shifted to a version of reality that was higher frequency and what comes with the higher version of reality is a healthier mother mm. Mm. so you it's know, all about you you know Vaughn it, it's it's funny as I started doing work with the first book and you know in, in this first book you have that matrix of of delusion worksheet and uh -huh. you have the, the the practices so I started doing this work myself and I started doing shadow work as well to work mm -hmm. on certain things and I started noticing the people around me were suddenly nicer to me uh -huh. or kinder, uh -huh. softer, respected my boundaries without me having to really enforce them a ton. And it was almost like it happened overnight. Like within uh -huh. a week, I noticed like, oh, this person that I normally couldn't even sit in the same room with for 10 minutes is super nice to me. Somebody apologized to me about <laughs> something that I never thought I would hear an apology before. And it was a little unsettling to me um, because I got that confirmation that this work actually works. So what what is your advice to people who start playing with parallel realities, start uh, noticing these shifts and big shifts? How do you suggest that they stay grounded and stay calm as they're watching th things change around them? Well, People, you know, I mean, people was the one that, that scares the most people because they're like, well, what happened to the other version? Is the other version, yeah. you know, what happened to the other version? They're still getting you. They're getting the lower version of you. Mm. Okay. Because there's multiple versions of you as well. In Buddhist artwork, uh, in Buddhist mandala series, I explained very 
in depth that the master teachers, when they do the artwork, they all they always show them having like ten thousand arms and ten thousand heads, and there's yeah. parallel versions going out to the ethers, um, and that's not because they had for example 10,000 heads and 10,000 arms in one body okay mm. that was just a 2d 2d portrayal of a master teacher who has who exists simultaneously in 10,000 different versions of reality giving love and compassion wow to people in multiple realities into the ethers but that was a 2d portrayal of this teaching Okay, you just blew my mind with that because I didn't, I've seen that artwork before and I just assumed they were just saying, oh, this person has a thousand arms or a thousand heads. That is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So when did you start to really apply this work in your own life? Um, well, I, I've always, you know, grow, see, when I was little, going into the Buddhist monasteries and temples with my family, um, the basics was boring. So because I didn't need to learn some of those, I already knew not to be an asshole to people. <laughs> yeah. Simple lesson that many people keep on learning. Yes. But uh, I, I already knew to, you know, to keep an open mind um, that everybody has different struggles and to respect their journey. I already knew these basics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but many people don't know these basics. That's why oftentimes you get the basics. You don't even get mm -hmm. to this other stuff because they can't even get the basics down. You have to get the basics down so that you could understand how you create your reality and how you project reality and how you attract the next best version of reality for you to experience. And that's based off of your consciousness and your level of consciousness. If your level of consciousness is still on the, I got to get mine, mm -hmm. stay away from me, um, you know, I, I got to manipulate and connive and do all these different things to protect me or whatever, whatever the, the thing that your, your issue is, that's your level of consciousness you're at. So you're not going to go beyond that. You're going to keep mm -hmm. getting the basics. The basic mm. lessons over and over again so that mm. you learn to be kind to people, be respectful of people, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. uh, you know, all the basics. So, um, so for people who, like myself, who's like, okay, that's just the basic stuff. I'm bored of that. Um, then you go into the, you venture off into the other stuff and very few people venture off into the other stuff mm. but when I was growing up I didn't really create a lot of negative issues for me to work and resolve because I forgave people I didn't hold grudges I kind of like I, I didn't if I didn't understand why they did something I didn't um, think negatively of them I just kind of felt sorry for them and I wish them the very best you know mm -hmm. send them a lot of love all these kind of things that everybody learns in different self-help stuff but this is a basic we all know this you're not teach, you're not learning anything new you're just remembering something that you already know this is why a lot of the information is so profound because you don't get you don't learn anything new nobody can teach you anything new mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. never learn anything new when it comes to consciousness all you do is recognize what you already know mm, yeah like, i mean I it's like a trigger on a, a tuning fork 
Well, that's it. I use the word resonate a lot because, you know, obviously the show is about people finding the spiritual path that works for them. And I think that you, when something rings true to you, you just feel it. And if it's a path that's going to be compatible with what you need to learn and how you will learn it, it will just feel true. And that's why I want to expose people to lots of different points of view so you can find the thing that you know like you said tuning for it hit, hits that note <laughs> yeah. within you and tells you yep this is truth you can follow it yeah. um so and so- everybody's on a different frequency so certain messages will hit certain people more and others it won't hit because everybody's on a different level of consciousness okay so do you believe that when we you know because I, I know, obviously, in Buddhism, there's this idea of reincarnation. When you come into a lifetime, do you decide kind of where you're going to start, <laughs> where your consciousness level is going to start when you're born? Well, actually, in my um, my book, Buddhist Mandalas, book one, I actually talk about the work of um, Dr. David R. Hawkins, and he created the Map of Consciousness. He was a mental health doctor in, in New York, a, a very established one, and spent all his life doing that. And then in his latter years, he did um, he created the Map of Consciousness. And he found very much that babies already came at a certain frequency. Mm-hmm. Okay, some babies already calibrate at 400. Um, some babies calibrate at survival of like 50. So this one's going to obviously a young soul. Um, you know, so everybody already has their frequency. And you can tell that when you look at children, when you look at certain children, you can tell certain children really struggle with others for some reason just have a natural innate ability to communicate easier. Animals love them. Mm-hmm. They're surrounded by all the dogs and cats. Um, you know, where it's just peaceful. I mean, nature responds mm-hmm. naturally to the higher frequencies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whatever age you are, man, female, Paul, it doesn't matter. It's you're just energy. So mm-hmm. um, so everybody already has one. However, as you get older, um you're your frequency can go up or it can mm-hmm. go down. It's it's not consistent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as you know, things in life start challenging you, things happen um, that sadden you, um, as how you respond to it, how it affects you, it does affect your frequency. Mm-hmm. So you may hold down, hold issues about um, your father or your mother or, you know, any kind of issues that you have growing up, you may hold that in your energy field because you never um, fully transcended it or, you know, healed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so these things that happen in our lives affect our frequency and they will either lower it or keep you stagnant until you deal with those. And then you go, you naturally go up. Mm-hmm. Your natural mm-hmm. state is always high. Sure. And, you know, in in so in the Buddhist mandalas books, you know, you you create this series where in the first book, you're talking primarily about sacred geometry. And in the second book, you're talking primarily about Christ consciousness, but they work really well together because it keeps going back to this theme that you keep talking about, about energy and consciousness. So I would love to hear just for in in your words because anytime I try to explain sacred ge- geometry to somebody, I always stumble over it. What sacred geometry is, how that relates to consciousness and energy. 
Right, right. So um, actually, everybody can go to a website called Sound madevisible.com soundmadevisible.com and I actually put it in Buddhist mandalas one and two um, and you can actually using your voice um, send your voice recording to an engineering firm and they will send you what your mandala looks like mm, that's beautiful okay so you can actually see yourself in mm. energy form mine has lions in it so really oh my yeah gosh, um book, book two of buddhist mandalas i have a picture of my mandala and my husband's and both my husband and i both have lions in our mandalas oh, like actual beautiful. lions so um so which is which is kind of funny because you know you, when you think about mandalas you think about mandalas like the artwork mm-hmm. that you see in all buddhist artwork mandalas but but those mandalas are teachers wow those mandalas are the energy field of different people. Okay. Mm, mm-hmm. And teachers typically have a line in them. Mm. So anyways, amongst other things, but, um, but that's basically what it is, is that's energy is basically you and sacred geometry is basically a mandala. Mm. Mm-hmm. Basically so it. The patterns and shapes that make up everything essentially. Yeah, because everything is made of the same sacred geometry form. Because mm, everything mm. is energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you're energy, what are you really doing with reality? Mm, mm. You're creating it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one thing that I loved about the first book is how you went through each and every one of the major symbols. Some that I hadn't seen before, some that I was familiar with but didn't know the significance of, and connected how they keep coming back to the same just thread of energy and consciousness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and the one that surprised me is you went into the the yin yang symbol. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that as being connected to sacred geometry. Well, yeah, because sacred geometry, because everybody is, and they proved this scientifically with um, somatics research that, um, if you look at like the Buddhist mandala artwork, okay, that's your, if you do a vocal DNA, it comes out, it looks like a mandala. Mm-hmm. But in in ancient Buddhist and Hindu artwork of mandalas, it's always two-dimensional because, you know, it's a flat um, art, art diagram. But what they prove in science is that sound is actually a bubble. Mm. So every bubble, everybody is a bubble. But if you look at the pattern of energy of how it moves in this energetic bubble, your aura field, your bubble, uh, if you look at it, it looks like a mandala because that's the energy that's moving around in certain consistent patterns that look like Mm. sacred geometry. But if you look at the bubble from the top, because remember, um, you have... The, the way in which the energy flows, it flows like a figure eight mm-hmm. crisscrossing against each other. And if you look at the flow of that energy from the top view, if you're looking at the th- three-dimensional version of your energy field as a bubble, the flow is a yin-yang. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Wow. So the, all the teachings are in the artwork. They're not teaching you anything new. Just people weren't ready for understanding it yet because they can't get over how not to be an asshole to each other. Right. 
<laughs> Which well, we still do today. We still we do today. All, America we, is so polarized right now. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's why it's it's so funny to me how if you look at every single religion in the world, every single major religion, you can have different stories. I've said this a million times. You can have different stories, different cultural things, but underneath all of that, there's really it's usually the same lessons over and over again about uh-huh. like, don't don't be mean to each other, don't steal, don't lie, you know, don't kill each other for no reason. It's usually the same things. But yeah, it, it's for, the basic lessons and how not to be living in low consciousness. That's exactly those are all symptoms of somebody who has a low consciousness level. Right. Okay. Right. Somebody who has the higher consciousness level and understanding of the higher reality, and I and I make these points in um the books is if you understand that you are an aspect of source itself living inside you and everybody else and everybody's connected and that upon your um your death you're going to have a life review of everything that you ever experienced not judgment a life review of everything you ever experienced from your vantage point from the vantage point of somebody else that you affected from their vantage point all the way down the line to everybody that they affected you have the the perspective and the firsthand experience of everybody that was affected by how you treated them you would not be an asshole to people mm-hmm. okay so why do you think that we we come into this life not remembering for i guess for most of us not remembering our past lives and not remembering our past life reviews and kind of having to relearn some of those lessons well i would say i think this is a master class Mm. okay because um there are other and if you do hypnosis or even if you do hypnosis just meditation mm-hmm. um because it it accesses the same brain brain waves the same levels of consciousness but um if you do any of that hypnosis meditation yoga anything that gets into the to that that state of consciousness where you basically become not yourself you become you connect to source you don't have an identity anymore that's mm-hmm. the level in which you're, you're connecting to source um the source light which is in buddhism they call it christ which is another word for crystalline consciousness the mm-hmm. light consciousness of light um crystalline being a fifth dimensional and higher consciousness in your energy field in that sacred geometry mandala that is you so anyways so when you understand that um then you understand at a higher level how you create your reality you understand why certain things are manifesting your reality because you had thought certain ways and believed certain ways and acted certain ways and that's what you're getting but Mm -hmm. if you don't see those if you don't see um the the negative view about something or somebody and you have a greater understanding of it let's say you use the four noble truths and eightfold path to get a greater understanding from all sides you can't be angry at somebody for being ignorant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay the only sin that humans ever do is ignorance that's it everything else is just life lessons and experiences that we're creating for our own evolution for own entertainment all you know that all of that mm-hmm. but um 
it is the ignorance that is the, that is the only thing that we do wrong and that ignorance is because we're not applying and seeing every seeing the situation from all perspectives to understand how this experience got created Mm. So I know you, you started talking about, um, you know, quantum hy- hypnosis, and I know that in your personal practice, you, you do that with, with some of your clients mm. and, and through that people are able to kind of access memories that we don't normally access in our day-to-day lives, like past lives or, or maybe parallel lives. Right. Um, so when people access that kind of information through a hypnosis sec- session, how do you see them transform as as a result of that does that kind of help them leap forward in their understanding of how to navigate this life do they remember things that that give them you know a better understanding of of things they were trying to conquer in this life how do you see people kind of transform through that yeah so i i use I've been using different meditation and hypnosis scripts, um, but I pretty much have settled on two common ones that many people um, recognize, um, and that's uh, QHHT and BQH. And one is for in-person and one is for online. Most of my um, hypnosis clients are online because they're from all over the world, Mm -hmm. Um, but I often do Sixth Sense consultations and those are all over the world as well. But for the ones that want to do hypnosis, basically what happens is um, oftentimes there is revealed a couple lifetimes that are relevant to them right now. Um, And then I talk to the oversoul or source itself about this person's um, experience. And I ask all the questions that they want to know. Um, So that, that, so nothing is, removed it mm-hmm. is uh, unanswered and oftentimes when and if they have family members that have this that are deceased um and they want to or even alive and they want to speak to the higher self of mm-hmm. that family member they can still speak to that person and what comes through is that person's consciousness their their body becomes a conduit and that person's consciousness comes through and speaks um to them and they feel like if they want to speak to the grandma they feel the grandma's presence come through Mm. um it's her mannerism it's her voice they completely and i have all these record many of these recordings on my youtube channel merkaba chakras on youtube and you can go to the playlist for hypnosis and um and listen how people's voices changes the tone changes um when when we bring forward different diseases loved ones and when we bring forward um source um sometimes some people have had previous lifetimes um beyond earth where they were um quote quote aliens mm. from different lifetimes or they lived in higher dimensions and they're coming here for um for basically the ascension of earth into a higher frequency and um you can hear the conversations that i have with them and mm. even sometimes um i'll speak to the alien collective that is monitoring the progress of the person who is part of their society, but decided to incarnate um, to kind of help out, help raise consciousness. I'll speak to them and they'll learn something as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Um, about basically about forgiveness and acceptance. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really inter- interesting, but what happens for the person 
is when they go through and they feel the pain of somebody else that they had previously resented, mm-hmm. then they understand. Mm. Mm. Like maybe they hated their dad all their life. Um, but then they went through and they talked to the dad and they felt why he was so angry, um, why he was so heartbroken, why he was so stressed out and what the elements that contributed to that. Um, then they don't no longer have hatred or anger. They have empathy mm. mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Mm. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. really beautiful. So I guess that, that brings me to this, this next thought about this process of, of understanding. I know you, you, you gave some comments earlier about kind of the misconceptions around enlightenment, but is there an end game with ascension? You know, what happens when you get to a point where your vibration is essentially as high as it can go? Do you not reincarnate? Do you go back to source? Do you believe in something that would be equivalent to a heaven? Do you just kind of go into oblivion? Is it nirvana? Like, what does that look like? Okay, so I explained this quite extensively in the Buddhist mandalas books. But basically, um, there is no end because you don't stop existing. Mm. All right? There is no end. Like, when you get to your destination, guess what? You do something else. Mm. Okay? When you, when you stop and go on vacation, okay, you go on vacation for infinity. Let's say you go into nirvana and get reabsorbed with um, consciousness. You release your identity that you've created for yourself as part of these different experiences you release that and you get reabsorbed with consciousness and so now you are consciousness and that's all you are there's nothing else um you're you're in that that bliss of nirvana which is what some people call buddhist heaven it's kind of like a a state of emptiness they call it spiritual emptiness Mm -hmm. um it's the it's the place where everything comes out of and goes back into and so everything that comes out of that space of emptiness Kind of like if you want to understand Nirvana, it's kind of like a blue screen on a computer. Mm-hmm. It's just a blue screen. And now with that blue screen, if let's say you wanted to start having an experience, your energy being going, you know, I kind of want to have an experience. I've been cocooned for infinity and I want to have an experience. I want to go to uh, Earth during the Ascension. That sounds really good. Okay, let's do that. Or, or whatever. What, whatever reality you want to go to. Um, Mm. as a soul then that blue screen starts filling up with the codes for what you want to experience so that's so at that point you would go to the spirit world and you would pre-plan your incarnation and and uh in buddhism they always say um have a good sojourn how's your sojourn and sojourn just means um journey excursion Another way to say it is vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're having a vacation, okay? Or you're having an excursion, you're having a trip. Okay, there's a beginning and there's an end to that trip. These are different lifetimes are an experience. It's kind of like a like if you go into a video game, you pick up the video game that you want to play in. Um, and maybe you want to um, learn some life lessons so that you can evolve as well. Because if you're a soul and your energy... And nothing is really, really real for the most part. How do you get satisfaction? 
Mm. You growth. It's not like you can feed your soul a cheeseburger and it's gonna be happy. <laughs> All right, here's the cheeseburger. Here's a lot of sex. It's gonna be happy afterwards. Right. You know, that's just the bodily stuff. You're still kind of like, eh. But it is it is growth. It is when you achieve a goal and you feel so good that you achieve that goal. Mm. Um, and th- those are the moments. It is when you um, have a life experience and you feel so much love for your child when they accomplish something or when they're born and stuff and you're like oh this is a feeling of unconditional love that's those feelings are what mm-hmm. your energy wants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why nothing physical will really satisfy you Right. I mean, and I think that, again, uh, every religion talks about this at, at one point, and even, mm-hmm. you know, in the secular world, I think we talk about this, too, that, yeah, yeah sex, drug and drugs and rock and roll are great uh, for a while until you realize they don't feel they, they don't fill that hole <laughs> that you're yeah. trying that void that you're trying to fill, which comes from, you know, a higher fulfillment. Um so what is what is your thoughts um de- I'm deviating a little bit with this yeah. what what are your thoughts about the idea of a soul purpose or a soul mission or a life path that that some people feel okay they come into this lifetime or they come to earth to fulfill a specific thing that their soul wants to do uh in this lifetime Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the thing is is that you don't have, Earth is not the only place in town, Mm -hmm. so you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to keep coming back. Um, You can go to other places. You can go into higher dimensions. You can go to other planets. There's a lot in the, in Samsara, in the game board that you have no clue about. Mm -hmm. Um, However, a lot of people come back for their families. Mm. They, a lot of people come back to help their families raise their their consciousness. Everybody mm. has that that person that, that they really in, have a lot of endearment for in their family or friends, but they struggle a little bit. You know, sometimes people uh, come back just to kind of be their best friend or be their spouse and kind of just help them out. We just love each other. So we just decide to do another go around. Sure, mm. I'll do that circus ride one more time with you. So it's almost like we're like <laughs> intergalactic soul friends of some uh-huh. sort, and we keep running into each other because we like hanging out. For, yeah, you know, how many people have you met? We're so. like, oh, it's like I know you forever. I've I've run into people before that I you know you become instant friends with, or you work with somebody, and it's like you have this instant bond, and uh-huh. it's like, have I known you at some yeah. point before? <laughs> uh-huh. Do you think yeah. that out of 8 billion people, you're probably only going to engage with maybe like a dozen or two dozen at a time? Do you think it's mm. a coincidence? Mm. So you keep coming back with the same people. Uh-huh. That's what they call cell <laughs> groups. Uh-huh. I love that. I love yeah. that. So, so do you feel like with your life and or the life that you you you're living right now as Vaughn um and the people that you've interacted with um so far in this lifetime do you feel like you have a a specific purpose in these people's lives well the purpose is always to ensure your soul journey in Buddhism is the the purpose is to have a good experience just Mm. enjoy the trip that you're on however to also enjoy it you 
kind of want to put a little bit of some courses in there so you learn and you grow because that's fun too. Mm -hmm. um, a, a little challenges, some challenges a little bit. So it's, so you, you have, a, you know, if, if it's not too much challenging, it's boring. So a little bit of challenge. Um, and the, the purpose for the most part is just basically to enjoy your existence and have fun and grow. Um, mm. And while you while you're living your best version of yourself, you're getting the best version of reality and of people. And you are raising other people's consciousness by being who you are and being the best version of who you are because all we're doing is looking at each other going oh I like that I like that outfit I think I'll buy that one for myself too mm. I didn't I I saw what happened when you made that decision I'm not doing that either you know so all we're yeah. doing is looking at each other going what are you doing oh what are you doing oh I like that I'm gonna try that in my life wow Wow. That's, you know, it, it's funny when you explain it that way, because that, that's what I, I loved about these three books is that, you know, I keep going back to them and rereading them because there's so much information in them. And it's so it's there. It's honestly such a deal, the amount of information and research that you put into these books. But when you boil it down to that, it just warms my heart that it really is just this beautiful game that we get to play with one another and we have control of how we experience it. And the fact that, you know, that added layer of, yeah, we're coming back to, to enjoy it with these other people in our soul groups that we kind of cherish makes it even, even more special to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So in, in the last book, the book that you've just released, um, the Buddhist Mandalas to Christ Consciousness of a Multidimensional Merkaba. So you, you mentioned earlier about the word Christ. And, and I love that in, in this book, you went very early on, you made the distinction between Christ in the way Christianity means uh, by the word Christ and what Christ consciousness is. And then you go into energy healing and I had never heard this connection about what Christ consciousness is and how that connects to energy healing. So just in a few words, if you want to encapsulate what Christ consciousness is, like what, what does that mean to you? Okay. So in short, the word Christ is in Buddhism is just another word for light. Okay. Mm. This distinction between Christ as the person that the Roman Catholic Church is given to Yeshua ben Yosef and Christ as a word for light. Um, the word Christ is just means it's another translation for crystalline consciousness. And crystalline is actually from the derivative word of crystalla, which has seven sacred geometry tones in it, which is ka ra a sa la. And then there's a couple more, but I can't remember it. Um, but there's seven sacred tones of sacred geometry in your consciousness, in that, that level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, those tones are what create your merkaba. When mm -hmm. mer means light and ka means spirit and ba means body. Mm -hmm. So it is your spirit's light body. Hence... Mm -hmm. It is your aura field, it is your mandala, it's your sacred geometry, it's your orb, it's uh, however many names you want to put, it's your Sri Yantra, it's your yin-yang, 
Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. energy. Even the word, studying the word Christ consciousness goes back to remind you that you are energy and you as an energy being of, con- of consciousness connected to source, as source, mm-hmm. as you have dominion over how you create your holographic reality mm-hmm. that matches your frequency and takes you to the matching parallel reality. Mm. it goes back mm. to it and I, I i i go in so many ways you go back to the concept that you are energy and you have dominion it just goes back to it so um that's basically what it is and if you're familiar with sofagio <clears throat> hertz frequency yeah um okay so some of the some of the sacred tones are oot which in hertz frequency is 396 Fa is 639, Re is 417, and then um, there's other ones. But in Buddhism, also, they use the same tones in the um, Om Mani Padmi Hum. Okay. And those tones, when they sing or, or when they chant Om Mani Padmi Hum, basically are sophagio frequencies that tune your energy field to a healthy state. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically there's so many different ways to understand the crystalline consciousness of the Christ light that is you. But the more you stay in those lower energies of consciousness of being a butthead to everybody and to yourself, <laughs> you are depriving yourself of these higher energies in these mm-hmm. higher energy fields that are good for your your um your mandala for your merkaba and there's even higher ones too but get the basics so you can get to at least five <laughs> five right. and above but anyways when you get to that crystalline consciousness that has all the basic um ones in your aura field you resonate at the base level of where consciousness is already at and that healthy energy field heals nature responds to the christ consciousness within the being so Mm -hmm. that person the animals are happier and um, the trees are greener um, things just flow easier people are not as angry people are healthier you are healthier i mean it goes on and on it's your energy field that heals your environment Mm. okay Mm. So, you know, it's funny, I've talked to so many people about, you know, how to just keep your energy field clear. And they've told me, okay, play binaural beats in your home, or you can use sage or, you know, make sure you do salt here. So for you, you know, in just your day to day, do you have a personal practice to just kind of keep your energy in a certain state or do you feel like you don't even need to do that because it's just a part of your your how you live your life well see all those are just um you know that you heard the concept permission slips like you know you have a hall pass as a permission to walk down the hallway you know um eventually you don't have to ask permission Mm -hmm. you know or you 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 have self-responsibility you just go go and come back mm-hmm. um you, you don't need those permission slips but all of those different things are just methods 
um, to kind of help people get into a, um, a calming state of consciousness, to get into those higher states of consciousness. Even hypnosis, meditation, yoga, all these other things um, that will get you to um, connect with Christ consciousness, with source consciousness, where the ego identity is gone. And then you get mm-hmm. to the higher um, frequencies that heal. And I've in book two of Buddhist mandalas, there's a lot on energy healing because energy healing scientifically have proven that when people get into the state of energy healing, when they reach that level of Christ consciousness, uh, where there's no identity anymore, they've, they're connecting to source, that's the energy healing level. And mm. it is source that does the healing. Not so you're just connect. You're just connecting to source, is what you were saying. That's is it. You're you're being a conduit. I believe that's the word you use. Yep. To Christ consciousness. That's yep. it. Yep. Wow. Christ consciousness is source. Mm. It's mm. in you, but because you're stuck in your ego identity, uh, you haven't gone to that part yet. But when you get, but but ego is not a bad thing ego is allows you that polarity in your consciousness so you can mirror back and forth like mm, do i want to do this do i not want to do that because you need that polarity okay mm-hmm. to reflect back to you your next best decision that you want to make mm-hmm. but when you get into energy healing all energy healing is and it's a very simple thing to do is to just basically get into that state of spiritual emptiness of nothingness where you don't have an identity you've just basically cleared your mind and now everything is connected and since everything is connected and everything's connected to um the crystalline light of source if the other person if you're not in pain and the other person not, not in pain and you guys are the same being and then who's in pain mm. Mm. that's all it is it's just recognizing your unity and your oneness. Now, I want a caveat. Some people have life lessons that they plan for themselves to experience as part mm. of their journey. Sure. So um, they, they, if you are going to be impaired by some kind of injury, because that is part of how you plan to experience your next best experience, then that's going to still happen. You're still mm. going to go through that. So you mm. can't avoid some accidents. If it's right. part of your pre-life plan. If that's something you decided, I want to experience what it would be like to go through X, Y, or Z. That's just no energy healing can impede that because yeah. that's something you decided. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. you if you meant to go through heartbreak from a really abusive relationship so that you can learn to appreciate the spouse that you find next, you're going to go through that because it's what you plan that you need to go through so that you have the building blocks for a healthy relationship and what that what that means to you however however you can um, learn the lesson quicker and reduce your suffering you don't have to go so far deep into the hole mm. of the domestic violence to know, to learn that lesson that's the caveat mm. so it's not for your, less what's your understanding or your your viewpoint on karma there is no karma. Karma is just unbalanced energy. Mm. Remember, remember, we keep going back. You're energy. That's all you are. Mm. And unbalanced energy is basically unbalanced perspectives. Mm. Okay. So like, let's take the example of somebody who is in an abusive relationship and they keep on going into the same type of relationship with different people. 
They have an unbalanced perspective on what a relationship is supposed to look like. So they need to sit down and they can use the matrix of delusion worksheet to use the Four Noble Truths and Eightfold Path, which is really well outlined in uh, Buddhist Guide to Manifest Parallel Realities in that book. But basically, they can go through and dissect, where did I learn that this was the type of relationship that I mm-hmm. wanted to attract for myself and go back to childhood? You learned it from your parents. And mm-hmm. so you just play replaying in your adult life the marriage that you learned. So now you know where that dense issue is. You have to unlearn that, forgive it, let it go. And now learn to build a brand new template for what kind of relationship you want to be in and you're going to be happy in. And some Mm. people, when they do that, um, the exercise, they don't know how to be happy. They don't know how to build new templates. They're like, this relationship is boring and this guy's too nice. I can't (laughs) handle niceness. Mm -hmm. I need a little like beat me up. And if that's what, some people want then obviously that's like not everybody's going to have the same wants so if that's what you want you know a little edge in your relationship then obviously that's what you're going to create but at least you know how you create it Mm. okay Mm -hmm. the energy the consciousness of the being becomes more aware of how they create their reality sure okay because of all the factors that have fed into um their consciousness Mm. okay Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like you know you hear people say all the time and i think this is kind of a throwaway thing that people say that oh yeah the universe will keep sending you the same person the same relationship the same bad job until you learn whatever lesson uh you need to learn but i think what's what's really beautiful about your books and your work is it actually shows you how to get out of that pattern where mm-hmm. as you know normally we're just bouncing around saying why do I keep getting the same crappy boss why do I keep dating the same uh you know crappy guy or crappy girl well mm-hmm. if you use uh this work and use that the matrix and you you know actually apply the the four noble truths and the eightfold path in the correct way you can actually uh raise your vibration and get off of that timeline uh-huh. <laughs> that reality that you don't want to experience anymore yeah because 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 you know what we what you become you become conscious of how you created your reality mm. okay mm-hmm. and the definition of a buddha because all of us are buddhas we just not com- completely um tune into it it comes it's a sanskrit word b-u-d-h it's a sanskrit mm-hmm. word in india and it means bud means to awake to awake within the matrix the holographic matrix that we project and we create within your consciousness Mm. wow yeah do we do we all wake up does everybody wake up one day surely you know not always in this life but some people just want to know the experience of being uh unconscious Mm. their whole life Mm. (laughs) because they want to you know go back to the spirit world and and look at like oh what was it like to be completely unconscious the (laughs) whole time (laughs) to be completely like a bumbling you know drunk Mm. idiot all day every day not knowing how you stumble into this and that sure and some people you know you know you know those people who are like it's the grace of god something came through right and they're like i don't know how i'm gonna pay the bill oh my god something came through i don't know how Mm. i found you oh 
how did you and you always like how do you always land Mm -hmm. because you're like the biggest mess right and you know what they're always doing some of those people Mm. they're always thankful they wanted Um, to spend their life finding out if i if i steered unconsciously and things always somehow saved me or worked or something worked out for me i'm always grateful i'm always thankful and maybe that soul wanted to know what it felt like to constantly be grateful and thankful for everything in their life Mm. but like not Mm. just on a conceptual basis but literally be that way oh thank god i got my next food thank god somebody called me back thank god my my car broke down and somebody came by the side you know how many i know somebody like that the walk a walking mess but she is the most grateful and thankful person i have ever met because things always go wrong and things always go right afterwards (laughs) she falls into all the time something is going to come through to Mm. help her out and she doesn't know how because she's the biggest mess Mm. so it almost sounds like uh you know just this is like a dot that i'm connecting now two dots i'm connecting that if you look at the patterns that have appeared in your life before you decided to consciously take control of your reality you could probably point to lessons that you wanted to learn in this lifetime yeah yeah Mm. like i said from the very beginning you're going through a sojourn Mm. okay you're going through an excursion a trip um and you you plan a little bit of challenges for you so it's not too boring so that you can you know learn something and grow um because growth is what the spirit likes Mm. okay so um you plan a couple of that and and it is it is those moments where you triumph that you really, really go, you know, this whole life thing is not that bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Vaughn, I feel like in these three books that you, you've released, you've, you've put out such gems. You've given so much to people who want to take charge of the reality. But I have this feeling like you still have more to say. Oh, yeah. Um, I have book three of the Trinity. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait um, probably like a year, maybe, or a year and a half. When I'm ready, I'm going to do the third one. I kind of have an idea to kind of how to close out the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to wait and see how this COVID uh, pandemics, endemic saga of humanity goes, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm going to work it into this, um, into the closing of this book series, because it is one of humanity's life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is a big life lesson about compassion and unconditional love Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of suffering that Mm -hmm. is coming out of this Um, and it's a big history lesson as well so Mm -hmm. I want to kind of have that um, worked into the last book of Buddhist mandalas and so that not only do you know that your energy and you're creating your reality but you also um, once you recognize that you are the creator and you have dominion and you all do, and you learn how to, to create reality much more cohesively and responsibly instead of being basically a drunk person, drunk driving through life. Um, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Everybody's basically drunk driving through life, creating things unconsciously. Mm. 
like a drunk person. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, but that, that's, that's an experience as well. But anyways, so, but the whole close of the whole thing is now that you know all of it, what do you want to experience? Mm. Mm. How do you want to create? Because mm. you're going to still exist. Wow. So this is like a master class in creating your perfect reality. Yeah. And there's no such thing as perfect. Everybody likes a little bit of the warmth <laughs> in their rows. <laughs> That's true. I guess perfect would be a little boring, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if people want to work with you closely or, or um, have a hypnosis sec- session or one of those uh, six sense sessions or other type of offerings, how can they find you and what do you offer? Right. So the hypnosis, I don't really do. I do the hypnosis if people want to, if people want to do that. But for the most part, I do six sense consultations because a lot of people, you know, they get the books and they're like, okay, I, I get it. I'm working on it. Or, you know, they may do a hypnosis and they, you know, talk to the deceased loved ones um, that they want to talk to, talk to source, whatever. But then they start getting, when you do this work on yourself and you have no issues that come up in how you create reality you're going to create more abundance you're going to create higher versions of reality and experiences for yourself so when you're a higher frequency you also activate six senses and not just one two or five yeah they keep on coming and so it can be a little bit um it, it can be a little bit jarring when your six senses start coming coming through. And I have clients that I consult with on a monthly and quarterly basis on their six senses. So um, I'll, I'll give you an example of one I just did. I had a client, she has always done awakening ascension work, but then she started getting into my stuff and it threw her into a whole nother level. And so then she started seeing the auras of everybody, every animal, every tree, every computer. It was almost like a psychedelic trip all the time. She couldn't turn it off. It was just crazy. Oh my gosh. And so so we had a conversation, gave her some pointers and then she, okay, it's it's simmered. So now she she can only see auras um, when she wants to. So so now she can function and go, go to college and do her thing. So now she can see auras. And so then I, the next, the next follow-up, I say, okay, when you see auras, what do you see in people? And she said, I see this gray area. I'm like, okay, pull that spot of energy out. And that happens to be a tension in their body. They're like, how'd you know I had a pain in that part? <laughs> and, you know, it's like you were doing clearing work on people unconsciously and you don't, ha- you don't have to always tell them, just kind of walk by and, or if they say that, it's like, oh, you want to get rid of that? Whatever you want to do it. Um, but you can just project it and just clear it. And so now she's working on practicing. Um, when she sees somebody, her family or friends or her or pets who are in pain, she just basically clears their, the dark energy that is the pain in their body. So she becomes a healing force. And we get she gets to the point where she walks around, basically just heals everything around wow. her. Anybody who has a, a, a dark spot in their aura, she just heals them. Just oh walks around. She becomes a walking healing beacon. And, you know, and that was her thing. And then we just continue building on, on top of that. But now she wants to move to the Midwest with her boyfriend because they live in California. And I guess everybody's moving out of California for various reasons. And for and they work online. So for much cheaper, they're going to get like a, like a small little ranch and do a, um, a healing retreat. 
Mm. So, so that she can teach others how to do healing, how to, you know, do different things. Um, and, and then they could do a little bit of breakfast and she could still do her work. So, it, you know, it's coming along, but basically that's what, and my podcast is all about energy healing and healing because that is what is going to be needed mm. in the near future um, is a lot of healing centers mm. and people connected to Christ consciousness mm. in these and higher where, dimensions <laughs> and where can people find your and, podcast yes so they can find all of that they can they can request a sixth sense consultation if their um, sixth senses are going wacko on them um, and they can request an online um, hypnosis or in-person hypnosis session with me as well and find my my links to my books and the links to the podcast all on my website, which is MerkabaChakras.com. So that's M-E-R-K-A-B-A chakras, like a seven chakras.com. And all that is there in one spot. Beautiful, beautiful. Vaughn, I feel like I could talk to you all day and I feel like I'm about to probably go through my next reread of all of these books very soon (laughs) because I want to revisit this information so badly and continue just shifting my reality. It's been amazing doing this work. Oh, good, good. Well, you know, you're, you're, I, I love to hear from people who read the material because um, they the interviews are so much more interesting because I'm like, well, what are you, what are you getting in your Mandela effects? Are you getting any six? Are you getting any six senses yet? Mm-hmm. Um, so at first it's just curiosity. They're like, oh, let me just see what this advanced Buddhism stuff is all about. And mm-hmm. I've been doing this for a long time. I know this stuff. So they try it and they read it, and then. I always preface, if you start going to my work, it will rewire your consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it literally will rewire. You cannot unsee, unread, and unfeel certain things. Oh, it, 100%. It's like a tuning fork. It will just tune you. Every yeah. chapter, it will just tune you. And uh, when you're done, you are going to be rewired. Your consciousness will be rewired, and your frequency will change. And you're going to want to start doing the stuff to let go of the old frequencies and get to the higher stuff and have a more fun experience in this incarnation that you're in. So I always preface that. So if you like the way things are now, don't read the books. But if you're curious to see how good it can get, read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you're going to be want, you're going to be talking to other people like. What was your what was your personal Mandela effects? What kind of reality shifts? What happened to you? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Like, what's your sixth sense? Here's my sixth sense. How'd you do how'd you fix that sixth sense? What'd you do to work on that sixth sense? Oh, okay. I had this weird experience where I talked to like aliens and they were telling me about this. Well, I talked to this, and you know, so it gets a little fantastical, but you know what? That's that's next level. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I want a life that has fantastical things happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I want to hear um, everybody's, uh, I get people's emails and stuff and I want to hear your fantastical things. I want to hear that you're finding portals. I want to mm-hmm. hear that uh, you, wherever you go, flowers bloom mm-hmm. in the grass. You know, I want to hear all of these, you know, unbelievable things that are happening to you because they're normal mm-hmm. that's what's normal the mm-hmm. other normal is not normal mm. and yet we're taught we're taught that 
life in a way I feel like our society teaches us that life needs to be a little boring or a little hard or a little bit of suffering um, or a lot of suffering or a lot hard <laughs> yeah that's the 3d reality yeah. <laughs> that's for low consciousness and you yeah. keep playing like that you're going to stay in those low consciousness experiences mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know not everybody is needs that and if you're ready to go to what is life in a higher consciousness and what is a higher consciousness being create and project and what is it like is much more fantastical there is a lot of synchronicity and the spirit world plays and hangs out with you a lot more and this it it comes normal mm. it literally my husband's like i don't know what happens but whatever it's i i i just not surprised anymore yeah so yeah yeah, I, I think the first time things started to shift for me, I was a little unsettled. And then after a while, I said, hey, this is actually kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 And uh, there's going to be times when, you know, you're really going to feel like your life like, I don't know. You know, but that's but that's the challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, but- I just I really appreciate your work, Vaughn. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and my listeners, um, you know, about this work and the way that um, we can shift our realities and how mm-hmm. we can use these Buddhist principles at an advanced level um, to, to create our new worlds for ourselves. So yeah. I just, thank you so much. Um, and I wish you luck on this next book and I cannot wait to read it. Oh, thank you. It's going to be a little while. I'm going to probably give it like a year and kind of sit on it for a little bit. Because once I'm done, then I'm going to start my other project at, at table, which is um, following Buddhist folklores of Lemuria. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, so you have so, two projects planned. Awesome. Yeah, I have the other ones. That that one that one I started many years ago, and I had table just, just to finish the Buddhist mandalas one. But that one is um, basically Bo- Buddhist folklore archaeology. Hmm. So it'll be fun. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait. Um, And in the meantime, I'm just going to have to dig back into these books (laughs) once again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me and blessings to everybody. And just really quick, what the source, I always have a message that source says to everybody in all my sessions. So I um, put it in these words. And here's the last message from source. Um, You've always been enough. Use the gifts and resources all around you to create a life you want to experience. A life full of joy and love. The spirit world will nudge you through synchronicity. You can do it. Mm, Thank you for that. That was beautiful. Well, thanks so much and blessings. Bless you. Thank you, Vaughn. Take care. Bye-bye.